The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, Taya Kyle, widow of American sniper Chris Kyle, shares stories that reveal the true American spirit. I just, I see like you see this polarization, and when I'd hear these stories, I didn't know if the person helping was Democrat or Republican. I didn't know if the person being helped. And what a beautiful thing when we set politics aside and look at the human spirit. So I think this country is full of good people who are more concerned about helping their neighbor than they are about how they vote. We just don't see that on the news. Today I'm Randy Robinson. This is Sheila Walsh. Hey. And you know, Sheila, this is the time of the year that there's this movie keeps popping up on television. I love the film. A tragic story, but it's such a great movie. American Sniper. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. Very, very powerful. Um, but the thing that I think is amazing is out of the devastation, the loss of that amazing life, his wife, Taya, She's written a couple of books, but this new one is it's perfect for this time when we celebrate America and we celebrate freedom. Yep. And so um, would you please help us welcome our guest, Taya Kyle. It is so great to have you here. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you. I, like, I love the title of this book, Sheila. American Spirit. Yeah, Profiles in Resilience, Courage, and Faith. Can we back up just a little bit? Um, I'm sure most people are aware of your husband's story, but if, if they're not, would you just give us a little background into what happened? Yeah, you know, um, Chris knew there were two things he wanted to do when he was growing up, and it was that he wanted to be a cowboy and he wanted to be in the military. He was able to do both, and he really loved serving. So when he got out, he wanted to help another veteran, and of course his friend Chad Littlefield was um, by his side a lot when he got out of the military, and they went to go help another veteran who um, killed them both. Mm -hmm. So um, since that time, we've just been putting the pieces back together and and part of my journey is is the reason for the book mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned you mentioned his friend chad and his parents actually came out to support you they're in the audience yes here don today. and judy littlefield have you taken a lot of strength and encouragement from the other relationships because I see a lot of that in these stories. Yeah, I think that, you know, when I was out on the road and I was doing speaking engagements and I kept meeting people who were sharing their story with me and it really started to settle in my soul that there is this chess game between evil and good and my belief is it's God and Satan and I see that every time Satan makes a move, God says, I can do good with that. And then I think Satan tries again and he said, even that I can do good with. And these stories were inspiring me and they were healing me because I thought, you know, yes, people have the choice to use their free will for evil, but there's always a provision and there's always something beautiful that God not only blesses these people, but blesses them mightily. And so these stories, and by the way, not all the people in this book are believers. It, you don't have to have faith for God to bring you the blessing and try to remind you and reach out and say, I'm here. So I think it's fascinating when you read these stories to see if you think that it's God or if it's coincidence or whatever else. But uh, regardless, people are finding beauty in the ashes of their life. What did it do though initially to your faith when a good man like your husband who has given so much for his country his life has ended in such a, 
somehow on the battlefield, it's almost more, so, something more you would expect, mm -hmm. but to come home and in an effort to help someone else to have your life ended, did that rock your faith? You know, it's interesting because I do look at it, you know, the loving father, and I think, what would any loving parent do if they knew you, your, your child had to have an amputation? I think God knew in advance that there would be this amputation, you know, this severance of a part of me, which is Chris. And he prepared me in advance, like any loving parent would. Then he stayed with me during, and he stayed with me after. So the preparation in advance, you know, I had a cousin die when she was three. Chris and I had young friends die. We had friends die on the battlefield and off. And I feel like there was so much time for us to really think about what's fair, what's not, what's right, what's not, what is God designed and what's not. And, you know, in the end, I think that preparation helped me because I never assumed that Chris's only possibility for death was on the battlefield. And I never thought that I was immune to a struggle, right? And I think sometimes people go through life and think it's not fair, it shouldn't happen to me. But the truth, and you see in American spirit, is that something happens to everyone. And if not directly to you, to somebody you know and love, there's a point where all of us have to consider the fair in life. Can I ask some very difficult questions? Sure. Uh, does God allow suffering? Does he cause suffering? Is he just distant? And what, do, what do you think? No, I love those questions because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. And actually, when Chris and Chad were first killed, I thought it might be God designed because I saw that their lives mattered and that people were inspired and changed by their lives. Mm. And it was about a week into it that a friend of mine, also a widow, said, I don't, I never thought God did it. I think God cried with me. Mm. And it really stuck with me. I had mm. to think about that. So I researched, I talked to academics and pastors and they said, you know, this whole idea of this realm, God giving it to Satan to say, do what you will. And I'm going to prove to you that my people will still seek me, find me, want me, and be good in spite of the darkness that you think you can mm. entice them with. And, and that to me is just this beautiful message that I now see so clearly and I felt it would be it wasn't an easy time to write American Spirit but it felt so selfish not to share these stories because you see it illustrated so clearly that you know you always I think we're always in this place where we think Satan's got us in check on the game of chess right he goes check and we're all going oh no oh my gosh and God's like checkmate check checkmate Check, checkmate, you know what I mean? It's like, it, and so then when you see it that way, you start to be a lot less fearful. Yeah. And you start to be a lot more confident in God and you start to see this life as not even so much as a testing of us, but it's, it's a point we're on team God, right? Like if there's team <laughs> Satan and team God, we're team God. We're just Yay! here to prove a point, you know? And, and staying faithful is the point. Mm -hmm. So many, your stories are so diverse, which I love. Yes. Um, young and old. Um, there was a story that came out of 9-11 that really yeah. touched me because you can almost imagine nothing good right. coming out of 9-11. Tell us about that. Yeah, and I appreciate you noticing that, Sheila, because we worked hard to get a cross-section so that there's a story that that is relatable to anybody who gets this book. But 9-11, of course, like you said, a terrorist attack. You would think there's nothing good that can come from that. And certainly we know the country came together in a way that we haven't since, I would, I would suggest. And this particular couple, Mel and Brian Birdwell, he, Brian Birdwell was given a less than 1% chance of survival, burned over 60% of his body. And, and their story is in a book called Refined by Fire. They talk about these divine sort of events leading up to the fact that he even survived at all. I mean, you have to, if you read their book, you can't see anything but God's, you know, orchestration to get them through it. But, but after that, they aren't angry with God. They don't feel that God let them down. What they feel is their faith is different. They dove into their faith in a way they never did before, and they were faithful before. But they also started a ministry for other people. And I think that when 
when something like that happens to a person who's still seeking God, God will use that and be like a force multiplier, that term in the military where you can use one person in a way that multiplies the whole force. That's what I think God does with people like Brian and Mel Birdman. Wait, wait, wait now. I'm not, I'm not yeah, a military yeah. guy. What does that mean? So a force multiplier is, is let's say you have, we have the three of us and we're battling 30 people. You have to have some element of a force multiplier so that the three can conquer the 30. And so the force multiplier. Oh, yeah. I love so, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> and so I think God uses us. And you'll see, you know, Jamie and other guests that you have on, you'll see that I think most of them are probably force multipliers. And God knew that when Satan struck on that chess board that God had already planned other pawns in place, five or six moves ahead. And he said, I'll use that as a force multiplier. And I just sort of see Satan like, you know, pulling his hair out going, no, like, you know, it was supposed to ruin them and it multiplied wow. their force. Brian's actually been on the show. Yes, they have. Sharing. And so that's, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. You also tell this incredible story about the, the blind bikers. Yes. That blew me away. Yes. And you know what I love about that, Sheila, is they have this, we have, I think, this thought that what could be worse than losing some of our, our sight, right, or something else. And this, this guy, Artie Elephant, he had a life that was great and blessed. And all of a sudden you see he gets hit with these things, you know, these physical things. And ultimately he's blind and he ends up running a marathon. And, you know, his spirit is so strong but it turns into then biking, which now is an in-tandem biking program in Central Park. And you think, what when you're hurting, when you're really broken, you need something that says you haven't lost everything. Right. There's still this. And so for people who are athletic, to be able to say, I'm blind, but I can still ride a bike and feel the wind in my hair. And, and the cool thing about it is it's not just the blind people who are blessed, right? I mean, we hear this, but it's so true. The people doing it are almost more blessed than the people they, they came to help. And um, what a unique program. It's that's, fantastic. Yeah, and that's, I think that was my other love of this book is there are really unique ways. There are gaps that aren't being filled. And there are unique ways that people are giving back. I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but somebody did. And that's how, because they're different than me. They brought that to the table. The American spirit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and not just the American spirit. I mean, I think it's a lot broader. I think it's the human spirit. I agree. Um, you've, you've made these connections, right? Yes. With these different people and these great stories that, that you're telling and bringing to us. Um, what, what has that done for you personally? You know, coming through a very difficult time. Right. Still wrestling with things, still dealing with the fallout and, and, and the pain, but yet telling stories of hope. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up too, because I actually struggled with the name of this book, The American Spirit, because yeah. I agree with you. It's much more the human spirit, mm -hmm. um, but there was a branding issue, you know, so, <laughs> so we stayed with our, our line of the American title. But um, the hope that I get feels like it, it's done something in my soul that's so different. And if I don't share that, I truly feel like I'm doing a disservice and I feel like they're not, it's not mine to hold on to. And if I don't share it, I feel like I've done something offensive, really, because how can I be in the depths of despair and have hope and this light and a, a shimmer of something and just figure everybody else who's in despair, meh, you know, it's not my problem. It is my problem. It's your problem, your problem. Mm -hmm. And if we come together and share the message of hope, I think um, it, it ripples out. I've already heard one story, by the way, of a, of a kid who was suicidal and um, their, their teacher actually read them a story out of this book and it changed because it was just enough to say, mm. you're not alone mm. and look what somebody else did with their struggle when they were mm. in middle school. They now bless thousands of people with that struggle. So I'm just so wow. hopeful that it'll happen uh, to lots of people. Yeah. Yeah. One of the stories yeah. that really touched me um, was to do with all those 
little tiny houses yes. being built around. I mean, that's a that's beautiful right. and very redemptive. Right, and who would think, right? Yeah. That's So Donnie Davis is a pastor, but he was first in the military and then he was a police officer. And it's a very harsh way to say it, but it's very, gives you a very vivid image. He said he was no stranger to the taste of the barrel of his gun, right? He had thought about killing himself multiple times. He had cumulative PTSD. And at some point, God reached out to him and did something in his heart and his soul, and it changed his life. He gives a lot of credit to his wife. And they end up, I mean, he's a pastor, and she works with special ed kids, and they end up finding this property for $1.3 They find a way to get a loan, and they build tiny houses for veterans and other people struggling with PTSD. There's a lake, there's nature, which we know is very healing, mm -hmm. and there's community. It's yeah. that feeling of you're not alone. Right. It's affordable. They're tiny houses. Wow. I mean, what a brilliant idea. And I, again, would not have thought of that, but it's a <laughs> gap that is filled. And you tell stories of children, too. It's yes. not just, I mean, is there one that's like a favorite? I mean, what about even just the, the lemonade stand and yeah. how that has continued? Yes, and so Alex's lemonade stand is actually cool because it was a story that ran in 2005. A lot of people heard of it. But what I wanted to illustrate with it is that we hear of these great stories, but we don't often hear of the ripple effect that goes out years, decades. Every time you do something good in faith or if you don't believe in God, it's still some sort of faith usually that it'll work. It ripples out for years, decades, and we'll never know the side of heaven. So Alex's Lemonade Stand, it's, you know, 2013, I think it was, when Jim, the co-author, Jim DeFelice, his nephew is online at school, and he just sees a pop-up about it, and he, he starts to raise money. So stores, corporations, kids today are all still doing That's Alex's amazing. Lemonade Stand, raising millions for cancer research. Mm. Wow. And it started with one little girl just mm. wanting to help somebody else, you know, years ago. The thing that I think is... When one of the ways I believe your book's going to have a huge impact is our nation seems really angry yes. and very polarized. Yes. And I think there's something about the gift of gratitude yes. and seeing other people and making a difference that shifts. Is that kind of your hope for the book? 100% because I just, I see like you see this polarization and when I'd hear these stories, I didn't know if the person helping was Democrat or Republican. I didn't know if the person being helped. And what a beautiful thing when we set politics aside yeah. and look mm -hmm. at the human spirit. So I think this country is full of good people who are more concerned about helping their neighbor than they are about how they vote. We just don't see that on the news. And we're yeah, not going to. So true. we need to, to get books like this and we need to talk to people about our story and our struggle and, and see how politics is the least of our concerns when people have real real struggles we can help with. Absolutely. I think one, one good example that you give is the, the Collins yeah. family. Yes. You know, and the Collins family, you know, they're faced with this decision early on where the doctors are telling them to abort their baby because he has this rare genetic disease. They won't live a full life. And in some ways, you can see how the doctor thought he was bringing up something that would be almost compassionate, right? So that people didn't have this struggle and they don't live past four usually. And they had the courage to say, no, we're not mm -hmm. doing that. We're going to see what this blessing is. And in doing that, I remember Chris, and I'm not sure if it's in the book, but I remember Chris was a baseball player, pro baseball player at one point. And and he said, as long as they have their hands, you know, we're good. <laughs> and one of the major deformities with this disease is their hands mm. are not fully formed. And these kids, I don't want to ruin the story, but man, they have blown out that whole four-year <laughs> thing. And he said the light that they bring the world is extraordinary. One of the effects of the disease is they don't have a filter, you know. And so <laughs> I they, love that. Yes. 
So they say things that everybody else is thinking and they laugh and they show that that disability is actually such a delightful yeah. part of this world. It's the thing that makes them different and it's, um, it's, a, it's a shining light and, and two of their five kids have it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when you go out tough. and speak, what is your message to people? Yeah, it's, you know, it's changed over time because I think in the beginning people wanted to know more about Chris mm -hmm. and they wanted to know more about his story and the military story. They wanted to know some of the, the depth of grief and how we get through that. It, it turned into more of a ripple effect story because I started to see hope and perseverance differently. I usually have some component of faith, but it's important to me that people know that it's not freedom from religion. It's freedom of religion. And so when I tell my story, I'm, I hope that I'm always respectful about it. I have this faith, but I also have friends of different faiths and I'm okay with that. I'm great with it. In fact, it, it's helped me dive more deeply into my faith and there's a beauty to this freedom that we have. So uh, it's morphed into some of that. And now it's kind of ended on this place of the ripple effect, perseverance, hope. Mm. What do we have to offer? How do we get through hard times? And, and where are you going to be if something hits? Do you know you know, my, my friend, uh, Sheriff Bill Weyburn is in the audience too. And he always said, you have trouble's coming, right? He's a sheriff. He knows this trouble's coming. But when you put your feet on the floor, you have to know who you are, what you believe in and what you stand for. And when you know those things, the trouble can come and you're going to be resilient to it. For me, that's God. For me, that's the one thing that gives me courage. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I, I like that you're respectful towards those who don't share that right. faith, but I also like th that you say that, no, it's for you, it, yes. it's God, it's Jesus 100%. Christ. 100%. I couldn't, I would not be here talking to you today if it wasn't for God. And I see that in my hardest times leading up to Chris's death, I was able to put my toe in the water and say, would God have me here? Would God have me there? And every time he did. And so at some point you realize that he has you no matter what. And this worry that we have of all these horrible things happening in life is really a trick to steal your joy mm. because if God will see you through it, why worry about it? Yeah. You know, I mean, really be smart, wear your seatbelt, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but we don't have to live with a spirit of fear. In fact, we're told not to. And now I see why, yeah. because even when the worst happens, you're still, you're still here. And the other side is a blink of an eye away yeah. where we get to see everybody again. I bet team Satan just groans every morning when you get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he still tries. Let me tell you, it's not, you know, I, I, I've come a long way. Right. But yeah. I have those moments. In fact, driving here tonight, I all of a sudden started to feel like things weren't right. And I was going to, and, and I had a friend reminding me, she said, you know, you're about to go have a really great evening with some really great people and believers, you know, don't let, don't let this attack hit you mm -hmm. right before you. And I thought, you know what, you're right. What am I doing? I don't yeah. normally do this. Yeah. And so you have to just kind of bye. Shake it up. Yeah. yeah. Bye. No, well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing. And I really like this phrase you used a couple of times, ripple effect. Yes. Cause what we do, even the things that seem small, yes, they go out. I mean, yes. they, they have an impact. Yes. And that really fits well with what we're going to ask our viewers to help us do. And, and that is to give clean drinking water to people that desperately need it. It's, it's a nice picture of the ripple yeah. effect, but it truly is a huge impact around the world that you can have. And I want to show you a little bit more of that. Please watch this with us. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. It's a tenet of our faith. But as a believer, I can tell you, I view my hope with a new perspective when I encounter people who have lost what they hold sacred, their children. 
I want you to understand something about the, the people here. Um, they tend to have quite a few children, up to seven in some of the families uh, in some of these villages we've, we've seen. And they typically will not all grow to, into adulthood. They'll lose them, and they're losing them the same way. One of the most profound lessons I've learned from my parents is that we are blessed to be a blessing. At Life Today, we find people around the world in desperate need of a blessing. Many of them lack one of life's most basic needs. To you and me, this is just dirty water. But to countless people around the world, this is the only source of water, the only thing they have to drink. And for far too many, this is death. Life and death. It could not be simpler. Our hope in Christ challenges us to fight for life. And in this case, our path is clear. This water is clean. It's drinkable. It's beautiful. It's nothing like the water we've seen around the world in places where children especially are dying of waterborne diseases. When you give this clean, pure water, you give them a chance at life. Let's give water for life. It really is a matter of life and death, but it really is easy to give life. Sheila, I know you've been around the world like I have, and you've seen these, these places. It's, it's hard to watch the way they, they are living. It just feels like we have to do something. And that's the great news. We can do something. You know, if you know my story, you know that I've struggled with depression. But you know what I've discovered helps me almost more than anything? is getting involved in somebody else's life and helping somebody else. If you take the word depression and you rearrange the letters, do you know what you get? I pressed on. There's some of you right now and you're thinking, well, you know, I'd love to help somebody else, but I'm not in a great way. Can I tell you, there's something beautiful about the way that God has designed you and me, that when we decide to reach out and help somebody else, touch somebody else's life, you suddenly catch your own reflection and discover you're smiling. There's nothing more beautiful than giving back. And the great news is we can make a difference. I've been in the villages where there is no water well, and I've watched the mothers grieve at the graves of their babies that they've buried. And I've been to the villages where we've been able to put in a water that lasts usually for 70 years. They don't even need electricity. There's a pump. It'll go for 70 years and serve like a thousand people in the village. Now, if you and I determine we're all going to do our bit. We literally can change the world for some people. And it's very doable, Randy. Absolutely. Uh, the, the breakdown, if you look at the, the 400 wells we want to do this year, we've already done, you know, in the history of, of life outreach, we've drilled over 6,000 wells now. But 400 this year in 15 nations, average cost of a well is $4,800. It lasts a lifetime for most of these people. So, if you look at the sort of the mathematical breakdown, you realize that, that $48 will give clean drinking water for a lifetime to 10 people. $72 will serve uh, 15 people. $144 will serve 30 people. That's, that sort of just gives you an idea of how a little bit can go a long, long way. 
I hope that you'll give, if you can give a well, if you can give two wells, do what you can. The, the, the significant part is not so much the amount, you know, the widow's might means more to Jesus because it's, it's the obedience. It's the standing up and saying, you know what? I'm going to be an example of Christ's love to someone around the world. I'm going to obey. I'm going to give out of my whatever I have. I'm going to give out of a, of a heart that just, just says, I want to express the love of Christ to someone. We do it through water. It's a beautiful example of, of Christ who is our water of life. So will you join us in water for life? Go to the phones, go online, just be a part of this. You can be a part of something so good. Do it today. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what else can she do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 400 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the New Mercies Each Day Desk Calendar. This 17-month calendar will not only help you keep track of important dates, but also remind you of the Father's love and goodness with scripture quotes and encouragement from all the hosts on Life Today. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Fruit of the Spirit Bowl. This beautiful and decorative ceramic bowl features scripture revealing the fruit of the Spirit, a lovely addition to your table or home. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our Safe in the Shepherd's Arms bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Betty, we've seen the effect of the cholera because we've gotten the reports in this area here from just these water sources, and then we went and saw a well. And... Uh, teacher told us that they're not sick anymore and the kids can come to school. It's a simple solution, yes, it but it's only simple if people help us. That's right, James. And the water is such a need, a life and death situation, James. I mean, I saw a mother actually drinking the water a while ago and it broke my heart. But you know, we have to give them a choice. They don't have a choice right now in so many places all over the world that because they don't have that choice, their bodies are being contaminated with this bad water and their families are dying. We can give them the choice of fresh, clean water. I hope you will help us. Thank you so much. If our lines are busy, please persevere. And please, if you request this book, um, it's American Spirit, Profiles and Resilience, Courage and Faith. It's mm, brilliant. Great read. Get one for yourself, get one for your family. Taya, I just want to thank you so much. You are an inspiration. Oh. Thanks for being with us. And thanks for the difference your life is making. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. We appreciate you watching Life Today. Today and every day, if you miss an episode, you can always go online and catch it at lifetoday.org.
Well, because my own journey with the Lord was really trying to find an excuse not to submit to Him. Kavanaugh James says higher power has a name. Next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.